Hey, welcome everybody to our digital campus today. We're so glad you joined us. Listen, it's December 27th, two days after Christmas. I hope you had an amazing Christmas with your friends and family. I hope you didn't eat too much, but I can tell you this, we're glad you're here today. Coming up though, listen, next Sunday, Pastor Rick will be on talking about prayer and fasting. It's going to be amazing as we head into this new year. It's very important that we realign and focus on the Lord more than ever. So that's coming up next Sunday. And then the week after that is a week of prayer at all of our campuses. You'll be hearing more details about this. But if you want the daily information and you want to be part of our daily devotionals, During that week of prayer, you can text this number right here. Just text it. You'll get a text every morning during that week. Let's grow in God together like crazy this year. Well, listen, we have Pastor Hunter BZ on today. He's our campus pastor at our Conway campus. He's the oldest son of Pastor Rick. He's an amazing leader, an amazing friend, and just an amazing communicator. I can't wait for you to hear this message on boldness. So let's pray over that and let's also pray as we go into worship this morning. So Father God, I just thank you so much for everybody watching. Lord, as we go into worship right now, Lord, I pray that we would just focus on you, Lord. God, some of us have even had a hard Christmas. It's not been easy at all. And I just pray for those people that are watching right now that are struggling, Lord, that you would bring peace. God, you will bring encouragement, Lord, hope into their situations. And I just pray, God, as we head into this week of prayers, Pastor Rick teaches on this next week, and we head into prayer and then fasting after that. Lord, I pray that we would start this year off so strong with you, Lord, that you would use us this year to make a huge difference. But God, be with Pastor Hunter as he speaks right now. Let us lean in and learn in Jesus' name. Amen.
talk to you about something that has been burning on my heart now, really for about a year. And, uh, and, and, and this subject today is something that I have been learning this year. I have done very poorly at times, and I think I have also found myself growing a lot this year, and that subject is boldness. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say boldness. Okay, everybody turn to your neighbor and say it again with some boldness. Say boldness. Okay, that's much better. I want to talk to you about boldness. Because in a year, 2020, it's become a meme. Okay, uh, 2020 just been one of the worst years uh, ever, one of the most crazy years ever. Last night, LSU Tigers winning against the Florida Gators in one of the most unbelievable fashions I've ever seen. And, uh, but it was just such a 2020 year kind of game. And, but during this year, what I have found is that a lot of Christians, a lot of believers, they have been walking around with a lot of timidity and a lot of unconfidence instead of confidence and boldness. And this is something that I never thought that I would struggle with at the beginning of this year, walking this year. I was so excited. Katie and I had just moved here to Conway. We were so excited to be with you guys. But I found myself very quickly, and I'm going to get into it in just a second, being hit with one trial after the next and beginning to lose my boldness. And I want you to hear this from me this morning. As a Christian, there is no reason that you should ever lose your boldness. There is no reason you should ever struggle with timidity because we have the answer. I heard uh, recently of this dad who, when his kids were young, he had this sign fashioned and hung in the middle of his living room. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to do this, okay? But this is what the sign said. It said, you were born to do hard things. Okay, that was the sign in the middle of their living room. And sometimes I feel like our kids need to learn that, but sometimes I feel like you and I need to learn that as well. Like we need to realize, no, you and I, we were born to do hard things. We see it in Philippians 4.13 when God says, you can do all things through Christ. There is no timidity in that verse. There is a lot of boldness, but why do we find ourselves constantly walking around with our heads hanging low? I read recently that life is 20% what happens to you and 80% how you react to it, okay? Life is 20% what happens to you and 80% how you react to it. I think that the 20% of life that happens to you, we react out of fear uh, a, a lot of times to those things and instead of acting out of boldness and courage. And what I want to encourage you to do this morning is to lean into the courage. Because what I have learned is that the biggest things in life happen because of courage and when we are bold. Best example I can think of was asking my wife out. Okay, uh, for those of you who have not met my wife, you are missing out. She is way cooler than me and way better looking and also a little bit older. And, uh, and so uh, I remember... I remember the first time I ever thought about asking Katie out. I was so scared about it. I was so nervous. Like Katie, she she'd been older than me my whole life. Okay, and so when you're when you're younger, when you're younger, that age gap is pretty big. Like, and she and for those of you who don't know, she was my dad's assistant for seven years. Uh, so like, there was times where she came over and she was our babysitter. 
Some of you guys need to give me a fist bump for that one later, okay? All right, uh, this boy's got game. Um, all right, but the first time we went out to eat together, I was so nervous, I couldn't even eat my food. I was just sitting there looking at it like, man, I think that's food. I think I'm supposed to eat it. I just don't know how I'm going to get it to go down. I had all the like these horrible things going through my brain. Like she's actually agreed to go out on a date with me. But if this messes up, everybody's going to know it was my fault. Nobody's going to think, oh, man, Katie must have been the loser in that situation. No, everybody's going to know. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, if I mess this up, I'm going to be in my dad's next book. Chapter one. All of my kids hit home runs, chapter two, except Hunter the Bunter, okay? (laughs) That is what was going through my brain until until finally I got the confidence and the boldness to realize that she was going to be my wife. And just so y'all know, it worked out. Seven years later, we have two awesome kids. I got a picture of them. Y'all check out my awesome family. Give it up for my wife, okay? Those are my awesome boys. Leave that picture up there for a second. Okay, look, look, at, how, look at how good looking that family is. Take me out of it, okay? But look how good, good looking that family is. Very often I will look at a picture like that and think about my poor kids if I wouldn't have married Katie. Okay, like what, what, what would they have thought? Just running up to daddy, 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 daddy. Why am I so ugly? Okay, like, uh, uh, it, it would have been totally, it would have been totally different. I am totally confident that the only reason I'm in ministry today is because people know that if they ever fired me, they would lose Katie as well. Okay, uh, she, she's the MVP. It took so much boldness for me to ask my wife out, and without a doubt, she's one of the best things that have ever happened to me. But I'll be honest with you guys, she's not the only thing that has ever happened to me that's great. And what I have found is in my life, the things that have happened to me that 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 have changed my life, that have grown me the most, have always happened when I made a decision out of boldness. Like the time that I decided to step into ministry and preach my first sermon. It was so scary. I was so nervous, but it changed my life. The time that I led somebody to Christ for the first time. I was a little kid. I remember getting out of my seat at Bethany World Prayer Center down in Baker, Louisiana, and walking down and talking to this woman that I felt like God was telling me needed to come to Christ. And it happened. And that moment will never, uh, I will never forget it for the rest of my life. I remember the moment that God called Katie and I back to Conway. And the boldness that it took for me to go up to my dad and say, hey, dad, I feel like this is what we are being called to do. I know things are going great in Greenbrier, but I feel like this is what we're supposed to do and having to be bold about it. So what I want us to do this morning is we're going to get a little bold in here. And I'm going to share some stuff with you guys that I feel like I feel like God has been putting on my heart for this year and that I want you to learn as well. So you sit next to somebody, elbow them, and say, you're about to get bold today. All right? You're about to get bold today. But this year, I said it earlier, I get that it's been hard. But I am so tired of that meaning that you have to be defeated and hesitant in your Christianity. People walking around with their heads hanging. But let me tell you, If you are a Christian in here, you have every reason to be confident because we are not without an answer. 
Jesus is the answer. We are not lost in sin. We have salvation through Christ Jesus. We are not defeated. We have a living God. We are not without direction. We have his living word. We have been elevated to the right hand of the throne of God, and nothing in front of you has not already been defeated. So let's act like it, church. And let's walk around with a little bit of boldness and a little bit of swagger instead of acting like everything's coming to an end because it is only just the beginning. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men or women of God. Be strong. This is the kind of God we serve, a God who's asking us to be bold. That being said, at the beginning of this year, I got knocked down a little bit. It actually happened one uh, Sunday. I was up here emceeing, and I was introducing my dad to speak. And while I was speaking, I was doing something weird with my hand. I'm not going to try to recreate it for you because I don't think I could do it justice. And it wasn't that big of a deal, but I got down to the front row, and my dad looked at me and said, Hunter, why were you doing that with your hand? I've never seen you do that before. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think I was doing anything with my hand. I got back up on the stage and realized I'm doing something weird with my hand. And over the next few weeks, kind of my condition, if you will, deteriorated to where all of a sudden it wasn't just in my hand, it was my whole arm, and then it was the whole left side of my body getting tremors, and then it became something that was controlling my speech, and I started having slurred speech, uncontrollable, and uh, finally Katie and I, I had, I, it took me a while to actually talk to Katie about it, and once I finally did, I did it in the worst way possible, I talked to her about it on our anniversary night. And I looked at her, said, hey, babe, I got to tell you something. You're not going to like it, but just listen, <laughs> okay? She thought it was going in a whole different direction. And, uh, and so I told her, hey, babe, I need, I need to talk to you. And uh, she called the doctor, and the doctor told me I needed to go to the emergency room. Well, this is right in the middle of COVID, one of the worst times to go to the hospital. And, uh, and I went to the hospital all by myself. And I uh, went to the ER, was sitting in there, and the doctor came out and said, hey, we're going to take an MRI of your brain. And uh, he took an MRI of my brain, and I'll never forget it. He came back in the emergency room, and he looks at me. He was looking at the MRI. He said, Hunter, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure you either have MLS or ALS, or MS or ALS. And, uh, and we're going to do a couple of more tests to make sure, but this is going to change your life. I remember looking at him, and I've heard those, those letters before. <laughs> what does that mean? Pulling out my phone and Googling, not being encouraged. <laughs> Texting Katie, not being encouraged. A few minutes later, they came back in and said, Hunter, we're going to make sure, I know you were just in, out of the country, and we're going to make sure you don't have a bacteria, so go ahead and lean on your side. We're going to give you a spinal tap. That is not something that you want for Christmas. Okay, uh, that was a miserable experience in and of itself. And then they checked me into the hospital, and for the next three days, I was laying there fighting the mental battle of my life. And I don't know if you even remember, but several months ago, uh, our church and several other churches in the community actually came together and did a park and pray at the hospital at Calmy Regional here in town. And what you definitely don't know is that I was in the hospital when y'all were doing that. And, uh, and I remember I very vividly having this moment where I was standing up, I was at the top level, and I was looking down at a parking lot full of people, at my family, at my mom and my dad and my wife and my kids, and finding myself questioning everything. God, am I ever going to be able to speak to people again? 
is this going to be the rest of my life? Just on the outside of everything. And the enemy whispering thought after thought into my brain. This is it. It's over for you. And finally, I had a moment where I got on my knees before God. I said, God, I don't know what this is, but I promise you I'm not going down without a fight. And I'm going to be bold in whatever you give me this year. And even if this does define the rest of my life, it is not over for me. And I began to read the word of God and study again. And I got into what I believe as Christians we need to be the most proud of and the most bold about. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. So if you're taking notes, what can we be bold about as Christians and proud of? Number one, we can be bold about the power of prayer. We can be bold about the power of prayer. What happens when people aren't bold in prayer? Well, I think it probably looks a lot like the disciples. When Jesus was asking the disciples to go with him on the night that he was betrayed and pray for him. And all he was asking for them to do was to give him an hour. And they wouldn't even do it. And they kept falling asleep. Next thing you know, you see the guards show up and Peter runs out and chops off one of the guards' ear. And some of y'all are preaching, oh, no, that's pretty bold. And, uh, well, kind of. Because in the very next scene, we see Peter go deny ever meeting Jesus. And having total loss of his boldness and his confidence because he had forgotten to pray. But then we also see just a few chapters or a couple of books later, Peter get his confidence back. When? On the day of Pentecost, when he spent 50 days in the upper room and he learned how to pray boldly again. And he walks out and he began to preach the gospel and thousands of people came to know Christ. We can see what happens when people change their prayers. People who don't walk daily with God, they don't pray with boldness either. They pray weak prayers because they do not know the power of God. And maybe you can relate with some of these prayers, thinking and praying, maybe even out loud. God, give me a good parking spot. I know you're a good God. Lord, I pray the sports clips isn't packed today. I just really need a fast haircut. Lord, please help me make it through one more year of marriage. Those while they apply and applicable to your life and are applicable to your life, are the weakest form of prayers to an almighty God. Daniel 11.32 says, But the people who know their God will stand strong and prevail. And when you spend time with God, you just know what he wants more. You, have to, you, don't, you can stop questioning whether or not you're in the will of God. It's like my wife and I, we've, we've been married seven years in March. And, uh, and I, I'm about to say something very controversial. My wife does not like Krispy Kreme. Okay, uh, I don't understand it. Uh, she just doesn't get it. And uh, like there's just, I, I just know, I know she doesn't, I know she doesn't like it. I remember like the day we took her to a Krispy Kreme for the first time. I was so excited for her to try it. The light was on. We planned it well. We, we changed our whole plan for the day so her to be able to go to Krispy Kreme. She ate that first bite of the donut that changed my life. And she did nothing. Didn't even finish her first donut. We almost didn't get married at that point. She just, she, she just doesn't get it. She does, we'll drive by Krispy Kreme. She won't even notice that the hot light is on. I will think the hot light is on from a mile away and then get closer and realize, no, it was just Taco Bueno. Okay, like, I, I, I can't wait 
for the hot sign to be on and Krispy Kreme, but I just, I, I, now I, know, I don't even ask Katie if she wants to go to Krispy Kreme anymore because I know the answer is going to be no. However, we could have eaten five minutes ago, and if I pull into the parking lot at McDonald's and I'll order that girl a large french fry, she is going to put it down and eat my fingers if they get caught <laughs> grabbing a french fry out of there. I just know this about my wife. She's more of a salt fan than she is a sweet fan, okay? I just, I, I know it because I have been around her for a long time. Some of you, you have no idea what the will of God is because you haven't been around him enough. You haven't been spending time with him. Your prayers have been weak and you're basically still on the first date trying to figure out who this guy is instead of years into this when you're learning the attributes of God and what he believes in you and what his confidence is in you is. And when you pray boldly and when you know who he is because you have spent time with him, things start to change. You start to grow. Some of you, you need to find boldness in Christ by spending some time with him this year, no, not next year, right now. Do you know how many people I am talking to right now who think that the change of the calendar is going to fix their issues? <laughs> nope. You need to get bold in your faith now. Don't wait. Don't think about, okay, after Christmas 2021, right now, what can you do? Make a list and do it. Number two, we need to be bold about the word of God. This is a real thing. The word of God is not a typical spiritual book. It's not about these gods like in Greek mythology that are majestic and perfect and dealing with all of these ridiculous problems. Now you find stories of everyone's ordinary lives, their failures, their shortcomings with God in the background, with their shortcomings with God in the background, constantly pushing and moving things forward. Furthermore, what we have found in studying the life of Christ is that the Bible reflects its world. And the more you understand the world of the Bible, the more you understand the Bible of uh, the written word of God. It's not that it arrived in complete form at one point in history. Instead, the Bible was written over a period of some 1,500 years by 40 different authors. And although it is viewed as one book, it is actually a collection of 66 books. And the more you understand it, the more boldness that you can possess. We are called to invest in this and read this. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Jeremiah 23, 29. It says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces? You need this book every day. You need to read it, you need to meditate on it, you need to memorize it and delight in it. You need to preach to you on Sunday and you need to be singing it in your head all day long. It is a powerful book that cannot be disproven no matter how hard people try. Think about how badly the enemy would like to disprove this book, the plans that he's had, if it was possible. 
but nobody can. Nobody can disprove this book, the Bible. It has been passed down a whole lot better than your mama's fried chicken recipe. Okay, this Bible is true and authentic. We have copies of manuscripts from throughout history. And these copies show that the Bible has been transmitted accurately. Uh, and despite claims that the Bible has been changed through the centuries, the physical evidence tells another story. The New Testament records specifically are unbelievably accurate. Historians have no idea how there has been so little delusion in this book. It is true, no matter what people try to tell you differently. And if you're in this room and you're still like, okay, Hunter, but I just really want to know how true is it? I just really like to study. Uh, I actually did a little bit of research for you and for those of you who are the spouses of those people for Christmas. And uh, you might want to get them a Bible study. Uh, this is something I just looked up. I'm just giving it to you. It's called the Archaeological Study Bible. And uh, this is something that if you're looking for something to give somebody who just loves to be intellectual and loves to study and look at history, I, I, I would look that up and, uh, and buy that for Christmas for your spouse. Okay, um, I, was, I was reading this week about the Bible and a lot of different quotes that came out of it. And one of the ones that spoke to me the most actually came from an unknown author. It says that this book is like a lion. You don't defend lions. You just open the cage and let them out. Okay, there is nothing that you have to do to defend the authenticity of this word. It is real. All you have to do is read it and understand it. Okay, number three, be bold about your salvation. Look, your prayer life and your Bible studies, they're going to give you great boldness about who you are in Christ. But none of that matters without the assurance of salvation. That is the gift of Jesus. That is what we celebrate both on Easter and on Christmas here in about a week and a half. It's the gift of salvation. Uh, when we realize just how much power salvation gives us, nothing can stand in front of us. Uh, recently, I showed you guys a picture of, of my two boys. Okay, their names are Bo and Jack. There's two years that separate Bo and Jack and only like three pounds. Okay, uh, <laughs> Bo is a linebacker. Uh, he just doesn't have a choice. And, uh, and Jack is more of a long-distance runner. And, um, uh, okay, and so, so uh, recently, um, like ever since Bo's been learning how to walk, Jack has been doing this thing where he will get in the door frame and he will spread his arms and his legs out like this, and he will block Bo. And since Bo's been learning how to walk, like every time Jack does that, like that is just an, uh, an unpassable gate. And so he will look at Jack and realize he can't get past and doesn't do anything, but just sits down and starts crying on the floor. And so all the time, Katie and I will be in the other room. Jack, move out of the way of your brother. Move. Okay, move, son. Well, this last week, Jack does it. Gets in the door frame just like that. And Bo walks up to Jack. And I don't know what switched in his brain. But he realized, I'm as big as you. And he got a running start and ran and tackled my oldest son, okay? Now, Bo's happily playing with his trains. Jack's the one crying on the floor, okay? What I love about that story is that that's what happens when you and I have the boldness of salvation. The things that we have seen that have blocked us our entire lives and that have defined us, that have caused us to get down in a heap of, on the floor in the fetal position and weep, 
we now have the power to defeat because we know that Jesus has saved us because the righteous are bold as a lion in Proverbs 21.8. But Hunter, I get all of that. I get when we are confident in our salvation that I can be bold in it. I just don't know if I am saved. How do I know that? Glad you asked. I'll tell you. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. First of all, it says right here that it's okay for you to question whether or not you were saved. When it says to examine yourselves, to see whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Okay, Hunter, what is the test of my salvation? Again, I'm glad you asked. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. All right, that's a, that's a harsh verse. But the test of salvation is clear here. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. If you never obey God, if you have no concern to do his will, if your life reflects nothing of Jesus, Jesus' life, or if you consistently walk in darkness, there's really no reason for the assurance of your faith. And I know that is very harsh and is very quiet in this room right now. But I also want to encourage you. Because I think it's very important that we be careful not to create a doctrine this morning out of one verse. None of us obey God perfectly. That's the reason that there is the grace of God. We are all going to make a mistake. But salvation is the beginning of a lifelong process of being continually shaped into the people that God intended us to be. This means becoming more and more like Christ, something we do out of a grateful thanksgiving for our salvation. And as we become more like Christ, God works through us to share Christ's love and grace with the world. And then in return, we get a boldness that only he can give. Number four, we gotta be bold about our testimony. Yeah, we need to be bold about the power of prayer. We need to be bold about studying the word and we need to be bold about our salvation. But ultimately, the boldness that we get is when we apply all those things and we see the change in our story. We see the effect that God has on our lives. Going back to my story, deciding, you know what? God, I'm going to fight this. It was not an easy fight. For a couple of months, Katie and I had zero answers. But I found myself in the Word, reading the Psalms, reading how David talked to God, even in his frustrations, and beginning to pray the same way I found my wife praying for me all the time praying that God would bring us answers and bring us a reassurance of what was going to happen. We were being bold in everything that we came across because we knew that God was going to save. And then all of a sudden, something changed. I began to feel 
God speaking to me and reassuring me that things were going to be okay. We had an opportunity to go to a place a long way away from here, and uh, the Mayo Clinic. And uh, they were going to look at me and diagnose me and stick me with a bunch of different things. And Katie and I both felt in our own private prayer time that God was telling us, Hunter, no, that is not where you need to go. Instead, you need to go work on your diet. <laughs> what? God, I'd rather get shots. No, Hunter, you need to go work on your diet. Okay, God, is there anything else? Yeah, yeah, I want you to go see a counselor. Counselor? That's weak. I want to talk about my feelings. Just ask my wife. I know, Hunter, but it's keeping you from seeing things in me that I need you to see to get through this. Okay, God. I'm going to do it. Got with this doctor out of Little Rock. Changed my whole diet. Went and saw a counselor. Spent daily time in God's word again. Not to teach you guys, but to teach my soul about my God again. And then about three weeks later, Katie and I started seeing healing in my body. First thing that went was my slurred speech. Next thing that went was my tremors in my foot. And then it was still in my arm and then it became something that was only in my hand. And the next thing we knew, everything was gone. And I give God all the glory for it. Why am I telling you this? Revelations chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. There is nobody on this earth that can take away my testimony from me. I saw God heal me. I know that he heals. And I know that he can heal you. I know that our God is a powerful God. And there is nothing that can stand in front of him. I know what he means to me and I know what he can do for you. So there is no one who can look at me and tell me otherwise. And that is why Revelations 12, 11 gives us power. We are saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony because nobody can refute what God has done in you. Wow, how many of you enjoyed that message from Pastor Hunter on boldness? Powerful message and so true for us to be able to share our testimony and have that boldness. And I love that he was transparent and shared that personal story that's happened in his life. I'm a friend of his and I've seen it happen and it's great to see what God's doing in Hunter's life. And right now, I wanna pray for all of you that are watching, for all of us, myself included, to have boldness in our testimony. As we head into this year that we would not live in fear or look back to 2020 anymore, that we would look to the future and what God's trying to do in our life. So I wanna pray over all of us right now. God, I just pray for boldness to come to us, Lord. I pray for fear to be gone and I pray for boldness to come, God. As we share our testimony with people around us, on our jobs, God, as we're flying in airplanes, wherever we are, God, we will be bold for you, God. So use us, Lord, all, all over the state, God, wherever we're watching. God, we want to be bold for you. So we love you, God. We thank you for what you're doing in us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Come on, let's worship one more time together.
I don't know about you, but I love that song. And I'm glad that we ended the service with that song because it's a declaration right out of the word of God over our lives. Take that to heart. It's gonna be a great year this year. Listen, we're gonna take our tithes and offerings now. And as we do that, we wanna say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving to New Life Church. We've been able to do so many great things through your giving this year. It's been awesome. Christmas malls, Dream Center outreaches, uh, outreaches at our campuses all over the state. We've been able to really help people in this state and we wanna say thank you so much. So it's December 27th. This could be the last time that, that you can give or you can give all the way to December 31st. It's really up to you. We just wanna say thank you. Listen, today we're gonna pray for another church right here in Little Rock, Pastor Jerry Riddle, Eagle Point Church. We're gonna pray for him. And I also wanna pray a prayer of blessing as we head into this new year together. So God, today, Lord, we just pray for Pastor Jerry Riddle, God, at Eagle Point Church in Little Rock. God, I just pray that you be with him during this season. God, be with his staff and his church people. God, I pray for the person that's on his team that got COVID, Lord, that you would just heal their body, help them to come out stronger than ever. And Lord, I just pray a prayer of blessing over everybody watching right now. Lord, as we head into 2021, God, may this be a year, Lord, that we grow in you like never before, God. Lord, that we get in the word more, we get in prayer more, we find friends, God, that will lift us up. And I just pray that you'll use our giftings this year too as well. May nothing stop that, Lord, from happening. And I just pray just for a hedge of protection over our families and our kids. And I pray, God, that 2021 will be one of the best years we've had yet. We love you, God. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen, have an amazing New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Don't get too crazy now, and we can't wait to see you back soon. God bless.